Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I'm Scott Galloway, and this is No Mercy, No Malice. Last week, the media was obsessed with a royal memoir, but it's really a reminder of how irrelevant monarchies have become. There are more meaningful things taking place in Britain right now. Specifically, the democratically elected son of Indian immigrants is sending tanks to Ukraine. Porn and tanks, as read by George Hahn. I moved to London six months ago. Within a fortnight, the queen died, the pound crashed, and a head of lettuce outlasted the new prime minister. Since then, I'm more struck by the similarities versus the differences between New York and London. One clear distinction, though, royalty. Or, more specifically, the nation's tortured relationship with its monarchy. Until the 20th century, monarchies were the most popular form of government. They ranged in political authority from symbolic, constitutional monarchy, to autocratic, absolute monarchy. Hands down, the most awesome thing about monarchies were the titles. Emperor, Empress, King, Queen, Raja, Khan, Tsar, Sultan, Shah, Pharaoh. I asked my youngest over breakfast if he'd mind, from this point forward, referring to me as Khan of Marlebone. He seemed open to it. Besides the cool titles, however, dressing people up in crowns, gold, and silk because of who their parents were is weird. And unsurprisingly, it makes them weird, too. Today, monarchies the world over are a museum of troubled people. While he was crown prince, the current king of Thailand appointed his pet poodle Fufu to the position of air chief marshal. Princess Martha Louise of Norway claims she can communicate with animals and angels. Her celebrity shaman fiancé, who believes cancer is a choice, likely concurs. Juan Carlos I of Spain fled to Abu Dhabi after cashing $100 million in fraudulent checks. Prince Andrew is fill-in-the-blank. It's no surprise that the institution is ailing. The hereditary nature of monarchies is their most glaring comorbidity. I can prove to each of us 
that 99% of our children are not in the top 1%. Just as my TV career has weakened and or killed four streaming networks, CNN+, Bloomberg Quick Takes, Vice, BBC+, an actress from the USA network may be the pathogen that kills monarchies everywhere. Although, as the Internet has pointed out, Megan should be credited with achieving what we all aspire to accomplish, convincing our spouse their family is awful. In today's media landscape, where there is friction, there is a tension that can be monetized. Netflix paid the couple $100 million to tell the tale of how a woman in her late 30s saved a prince from the horrors of Buckingham Palace. No one knows the full truth. We know the full truth. Netflix was on the better side of this deal. The show racked up 82 million viewing hours in its first week. Harry's book, meanwhile, sold more copies in its first week than any non-Harry Potter title in history. As a species, we can't choose whether we worship. It's built into us. However, we can choose what we worship. America doesn't have royalty, so we make do with Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian. Same thing without the crowns and community center openings. People who are famous for being famous, who have no real authority or evident talent, except an ability to capture attention and monetize it. A skill often rooted in shamelessness and an insatiable need for attention that sparks their outrageous actions and statements. Social media's algorithms elevate the theatrics, bringing more attention to monetize, incentivizing increasingly outrageous behavior, and the wheel spins. There's a word for this. Pornography. Noun. The depiction of acts in a sensational manner so as to arouse a quick, intense emotional reaction. The porn cycle is why, in my view, Donald Trump was elected president and Elon Musk was, at one time, the wealthiest man in the world. Both brought a form of talent, genius in the case of Musk, but their embrace of a new medium and their knack for outrageousness and or shamelessness built them the best brands in politics and business. For a few lettuce lifetimes, anyway. Somewhere between 49% and 51% of branding boils down to one thing. Awareness. See above, famous for being famous. Harry and Meghan were willing to go where no other royals would. Royal family dysfunction porn. The key is to be first. Their antics are titillating because we haven't seen this much detail before. Just as celebrity sex videos no longer launch careers, the book advance Bhutan's Prince Jigme Namgyal Wangchuk would receive for a tome of shitposting his family has likely dropped dramatically. Ever since the royals lost the power to govern, and frequently when they had it, the job has been to be a figurehead. Be polite. Stand up for what's right. Make Britain look good. Don't say what you really think. And especially, use discretion regarding family dysfunction. Newsflash? Everyone's family is dysfunctional, and it rarely helps to go public with the really awful stuff. Sure, Dad's affair makes for interesting conversation at Thanksgiving, but it's likely to make the next several hundred dinners less pleasant. Shitposting your family to strangers 
is unnatural and destructive. For royals, discretion is more than a responsibility. It's the entire job. The House of Windsor brand is a function of what some exceptional servants, the monarchs, have done for the past century, but it's mostly about what the rest of the family hasn't done. Prediction. We'll never stop obsessing over celebrities, but the living anachronism of the modern monarchy won't survive this generation. Harry and Meghan are not the first royal scandal, but they are a variant the monarchy does not have immunities for. An attractive duke and duchess driving Porsches to Soho House who are, at their core, porn stars. As we've written about before, power is a psychological intoxicant. Any system that guarantees individuals' power based on their bloodline is bound to fail. Because eventually, you're going to get a bad king, queen, prince, actress. We're witnessing this in real time. Monarchies passed their expiration date a century ago. The grace of Queen Elizabeth was royalty's formidable last line of defense. What Marx said about capitalism, that a system based on self-interest would collapse under its weight, is playing out in the houses of Windsor and Soho. Last week's news about the monarchy reminds us how irrelevant they've become. France realized this centuries ago and separated its monarchs from their heads, while the UK, more elegantly, subordinated the monarchy into a PR function. As the weapon of mass distraction that is Harry and Meghan captures our gaze, more meaningful things are happening in Britain. Specifically, a government led by the democratically elected son of Indian immigrants has made an important decision. This past Saturday, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak announced the UK is sending 14 battle tanks and 30 artillery guns to Ukraine. The U.S. has been the most prolific supporter of Ukraine thus far, contributing more military aid than every other country combined. There have been clear limits on the type of aid we'll provide, defensive weapons, ammunition, nothing that might indicate we are in something more than a proxy war. If that sounds stupid, trust your instincts. Ian Bremmer has correctly stated that NATO is essentially at war with Russia. The UK's act is meaningful both symbolically and militarily. Fit with a 55 caliber 47-round L30A1 tank gun, two hatch machine guns, and a 26-liter V12 diesel engine, the Challenger II is one of the most formidable tanks in Britain's or anybody else's fleet. The AS-90 is a self-propelled howitzer that can fire six rounds per minute nearly 20 miles. Mr. Sunak sent these at real cost. The Army's top general stated this will significantly weaken the country's own armed forces. The UK also believes, however, that this serves its interest in protecting its people. To fight against tyranny wherever and whenever it crops up. They say that history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Isn't it, in fact, repeating itself? A murderous autocrat invades Europe. The West aims to avoid direct confrontation with an enemy that targets civilian centers, and the Allies are drawn into a war incrementally, only to realize later their recalcitrance 
made things worse. The challengers will make a difference. They'll likely inspire Germany to send its equally impressive leopard tanks and help Ukrainian defenses inflict further damage on Russian forces, inspiring more aid to Ukraine. The need to protect democracy, the antithesis of monarchy, has never been more urgent. In the past few years, we've witnessed democracies across the globe come under attack. There is a great deal to be hopeful about, though. Specifically, as a tyrant pushes his own people across borders into gunfire, much as another did 80 years ago, Western democracies are unifying. The West's response to Russia's invasion is a historic achievement. Within hours of Putin's tanks pouring over into Ukraine on February 24th, NATO mobilized a military response. Germany, whose military policy for the past six decades has been don't, immediately shipped Ukraine 1,000 anti-tank rockets and 3,000 small missiles. Even our financial institutions united, issuing sanctions designed to choke Russia's central bank. Almost 12 months later, we remain resolute in our fight against Putin. Harry and Meghan weakened monarchies last week. However, this is folly compared to the leadership Britain demonstrated this week. Porn is titillating. Tanks are profound. Life is so rich. <laughs> 